Not everyone is leaving when warned in order to evacuate, especially in Northern California near the Dixie Fire, burning nearly a half million acres and still out of control. Some are even brandishing guns, refusing to leave, making the job of firefighters even more difficult. Problematic. Some of those same people refusing to leave, then later calling for help when the fire arrives at their doorstep. It's troubling for firefighters who then must pause firefighting and move into rescue mode. The chaos continues up and down the West Coast. At least 16 western states and provinces are working active wildfires as a new heat wave arrives midweek. But as always the case, Christians not having to evacuate are rising to the occasion. Churches organizing to help provide relief, food, shelter, comfort, all in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, if you know Christ, he is with you. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and here we are in a series called Christ in the Chaos. In a moment, we're going to hear from one of those Christians trying to help those who have evacuated from the massive Dixie Fire. Outside of providing hot meals and places to sleep, Mike Bevins with the California Southern Baptist Disaster Relief Team also hands out gift cards for restaurants, grocery stores, and places like Walmart. I I try to do that through the local church. In other words, a pastor gets the cards and say, hey, this is this is from our Baptist church down the street. We, We care about you and Oftentimes, that leads to an opportunity to minister to them. Mike Bivens will be back with us in a few minutes, and then we'll go back in time to another time of chaos in history, the Great Fire of Chicago, and see how the Lord used it in Dwight L. Moody's life. It's a bit challenging, but it's also encouraging. And in these chaotic times, we need encouragement from the Lord. We need Christ in our chaos. The stress of COVID and politics and natural disasters are all around us. But Jesus is the one that says, take heart, I have overcome the world. And he also said he has come to give us peace, even in the storm. A great song of praise was sung many years ago in Judah, and it was recorded by the prophet Isaiah. Here's how it began. We have a strong city. God makes salvation, its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's perfect peace for those who trust in the Lord. Isaiah 26, just one of three scriptures that inspired our opening song today from Jay Stalker and his album simply called Quietly. Thank you. 
a keyboard instrumental inspired from Isaiah 26 and other similar scriptures called Perfect Peace. And it's from an album called Quietly by Jay Stocker, who's also the creator of scripture lullabies. It's filled with songs just like the one we just heard that will help you to slow down and start waiting on the Lord. I asked Jay last week if he could share a story about how this album has helped someone with their anxiety. And he shared a surprising story with me. When we're done recording an album, it takes me at least a year to be able to even put it on and and listen to it. And, uh, you know, Quietly was actually, uh, it was about a year after, and I was headed off on a business trip. And I was stressed out. Um, feeling anxious in my heart and I sat in the plane I thought you know what I'm just gonna put my noise canceling headphones on and put quietly on just to see you know maybe I can listen to it now and the plane took off and I just felt the anxiety melt away I really did and it was really the first time that I experienced what other people actually it's the second time there was another time within my heart but but where I really felt what people feel when they listen to this music. I felt like I had a glimpse of that and it really ministered to me in a powerful way at that moment and like I know it does for other people when they listen. Jay Stalker talking about how the Lord used this Quietly album in his own life to help comfort him in a stressful time. After the program, I want to send it to you for your gift to Haven Today. Our number to call when the program's over is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, listen to some of the samples we have from the album there. And then you can make your gift and ask for Quietly, a piano album by Jay Stalker. It's there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now, I want us to return to Northern California today, like we did yesterday, and meet up with Mike Bivens. He's the Director of Disaster Relief for the California Southern Baptist Convention. And his team has been working with fire victims in both the northern part of his state as well as in Nevada. We asked Mike to explain a bit about their network and how they help people in need. We have in California a network of uh, 600 um, plus active, um, more than that on reserve list, um, uh, trained volunteers. Um, we, we, we network and work through our Southern Baptist churches that are participants in our convention uh, statewide. And there's over 2,000 churches and they, they stretch from the border near San Diego to the Oregon border. So... We've had three um, significant fires in Northern California in, in the last month. And then typically our engagement in, in fires is uh, the early engagement is we, we would help with evacuees. Um, we, we would get involved with maybe feeding or helping um, out in shelters with our chaplains. Uh, that, that we would just evo- provide emotional, spiritual support to those. Um, and a lot of people don't end up going to a shelter. They go to what we call a temporary evacuation point uh, where they basically just sort of camp out until they can get back in or find news or find a hotel or find friends or family to stay with or 
gather their belongings, that kind of thing. So uh, we, we try to do that. And as much as we can, we, we, we use our local church and church members uh, to help do that because they already have relationships established in the communities. We found the best way to help people immediately is to give them a gift card, um, you know, because sometimes they left without their wallets they, or identification or, or if, you know, this is extra expense that they don't need to have. And whether they choose to stay in a hotel or a shelter, oftentimes, a, you know, a gas card or a Walmart card to go get some new tennis shoes or, you know, the change of clothes if they weren't able to get that. Um, and then, you know, grocery cards or, or restaurant cards where, you know, they could go out to dinner um, while they're evacuated kind of thing in the next town over. So that's the first thing that we try to do. And I, I try to distribute those, not just as our agency coming in from out of town, setting up a pop-up and handing out cards, but I, I try to do that through the local church. Oftentimes that leads to an opportunity to minister to them, you know, coming along beside them, beside them, or, you know, sometimes it's sharing Christ with them um, and the hope of Christ. So that, that turns into real ministry and it's done at a local level so that they, they genuinely know that there are people in their community that care about them. Now that's some encouraging news. To learn how local Christians are seeking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, even in the chaos of the great fires on the West Coast right now, we asked Mike to share a couple of ways that we could all be praying for people now. First of all, for the responders, emergency responders, the chaos that it creates, um, you know, that situations like this, um, it creates for a community, but also, you know, a amidst the chaos opportunities you know to be the hands and feet of jesus physical opportunities and and spiritual opportunities to you know to engage people with their relationship with christ and 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 maybe where they can find hope and comfort and and a peace um beyond you know the stress of losing physical things including homes mike bivens the Director of Disaster Relief for the California Southern Baptist Convention. And before we head over to God's Word, let's just take a moment to pray together right now. Lord in heaven, there is chaos around us, and it may not be forest fires for all of us, but there's still chaos at work. We want to pray specifically for a couple of things that our brother Mike Bivens just suggested to us in these past few minutes. We want to pray for the safety of the first responders. Those firefighters who go into the high temperatures and the flames and try to put them out and try to make the fire lines to keep the fire from spreading even more. So, Lord, would you be with them? And then, Lord, would you provide opportunity for Christians to offer physical as well as spiritual help to all of those in need? And to do it, of course, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we've got people around us, maybe even ourselves, who are in chaos. And I want to ask for you to just show all of us how we can be your servants in times like this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
As the fires continue to blaze on the West Coast, the chaos continues to wreak havoc throughout Northern California. And we have this one hope. The Lord is with his people. Just like Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Lord is with his people. Christ is with us in the chaos. Now, that's an ancient truth, but it's something the Lord has demonstrated time and again through history. When the plague struck in the early years of the Christian church, it was the Christians who remained or ran into the cities to serve the suffering because they were confident that the Lord was with them. Even if they died, they knew they would be with Jesus. When London burned to the ground in the 1600s, Christians turned to the Lord and found strength to rebuild, to carry on. But what about those who don't know the Lord? What could we possibly say to them in the midst of their chaos? Well, to answer that question, let's turn to another fire from history. It was about 9 p.m., October 8, 1871. Most buildings and even the sidewalks were built using mainly wood in those days. And to make matters worse, houses that didn't use shingles were topped with a highly flammable tar, a fact that would soon have devastating consequences for the city of Chicago. The true cause was never determined, but the story as it comes down has it that a cow kicked over a lantern in the barn owned by the O'Leary family. Others say men were gambling and tipped over a lantern. No one really knows what happened to start it, but once it started, it quickly spread through the city. Chaos ensued, as you can imagine. There were only 185 firemen for the entire city back then, 17 horse-drawn fire engines. The fire killed over 300 people and put nearly 100,000 out of their homes. But before they knew how bad it would get, there was a preacher in Chicago who had heard that a fire had started and he had something important to say. His name was Dwight Lyman Moody. We know him today as D.L. Moody. A powerful evangelist in Chicago in the late 19th century, he was a former shoe salesman before God called him to serve in another way. He was a pastor at the Illinois Street Church at the time, and as he ascended the pulpit on that Sunday evening, the fire had already started. D.L. Moody had heard, as did his congregation, but he was adamant that the Illinois Street Church still hold its evening service, and he had something to say. Many preachers would stand up over the next few days and speak about hope in the midst of tragedy and loss. That's a good pastoral instinct, to be sure. But D.L. Moody was thinking about the lost, the unbeliever, and as he began his sermon, he drew the congregation's attention to the fire that had just started and to the real danger of dying before receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. He preached about Jesus and how able Jesus is to save us from the flames of judgment. And then he did something he would come to regret. As he closed his sermon, he told those in attendance to think seriously about what they had just heard about Jesus and his power to save, and to come back the following week and give their lives to the Lord. He wanted them to ponder, to consider their relationship with Jesus. And he thought the fire and a week of contemplation would be enough to make sure people made a lasting, permanent commitment to the Lord. 
while Ira Sankey, the famous gospel singer, was leading the congregation in a hymn, the music was drowned out by sirens, the fire, and church bells. It was more serious, far more quickly, than D.L. Moody or anyone could have imagined. Many people didn't live to see that next Sunday. Moody's church was burned to the ground. His family lost their home. In the aftermath, Moody said he was able to save nothing but his reputation and his Bible. But worse, Dale Moody became sick with grief that he had sent people home without a call to trust in the Lord right then and there. What if some of those sitting there were ready, but didn't place their faith in Christ because he had encouraged them to take a week to think about it instead? Well, of course, we know the Lord can save whomever he wants, whenever he wants. He doesn't depend on us or D.L. Moody. But the idea that you have time, that you can come to Christ when it's convenient, that was the idea that grieved Moody, and it should grieve us. James, in his letter, tells us that we actually don't know what tomorrow will bring or the next day. Our life is a vapor. Today it's fires. Tomorrow it could be a tragic accident or a terminal illness. We simply do not have our life in our own hands. Which leads me to say, the time is now to come to Jesus. D.L. Moody assumed his congregation had time, that nothing would happen to him or them, and he was wrong. And it was a tragedy. Reflecting on this in later years, Deal Moody said, I have never since dared to give an audience a week to think about their salvation. I have never seen that congregation since. I will never meet those people until I meet them in another world. But I want to tell you of one lesson that I learned that night, which I have never forgotten. And here it is. When I preach, to press Christ upon the people then and there and bring them to a decision on the spot. I would rather have that right hand cut off than to give an audience a week to decide what to do about Jesus. Well, it was true then, and it's still true today. I want to learn from D.L. Moody's story. We don't know when our time will come. We don't have time to wait. As we hear stories of fires and chaos sweeping across North America, ask yourself, do I follow Christ? Have I cast myself upon him alone for salvation? Don't wait. The time is now. Come to him. Cling to him. Rest in him. And trust in him. Death is knocking at our door every day. But Christ has conquered death. Our hope isn't in being rescued from our present chaos, though the Lord may very well rescue us from it. Our hope is in everlasting life with the Lord in paradise. Let the chaos confront you, but let not the chaos send you into despair. Let it turn you to the Lord who alone is able to save. Hebrews tells us that he lives, even now, to make intercession for us, that he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to the Father through him. The Apostle Paul was convinced that nothing, not suffering, not towering flames, not destructive forces, not even our own sin, can separate us from the Lord's love that we can have in Jesus Christ. I'm convinced of that too. Are you? In the midst of yet another wave of uncertainty and death, we can have this hope.
The Lord Jesus is with us in the chaos. We can trust in him now, and he will be with us forever. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. Psalm 46, 1-3 through Some of the words that Jay Stocker was meditating on when he wrote this song called Watching Over Us, for his Quietly album. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, here on a program in a series this week called Christ in the Chaos. Our lives are full of it, but Jesus promises us peace in the storm. He created this world. He created ears. He created music to hear. And music can be used in special ways to minister to our hearts, And that's why I want you to experience the unique music on Jay Stocker's album, an instrumental album, but every song on this CD quietly was written to help you meditate on God's Word 
and find peace in your chaos. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. I've been listening to this album ever since Jay gave me a copy back in March. And I can tell you from personal experience, it'll help you. It'll quiet you before the Lord. And with key scriptures given for each song, it'll be one of the best Bible studies you've experienced in a very long time. You just need to call us right now and ask for Quietly, a piano album from the creator of Scripture Lullabies. And for your gift to the ministry, we'll get it to you right away. And our number is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, listen to samples of all the songs, and download the free PDF with all the scriptures that each song is based on. And then you can make your gift and ask for Quietly at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There are some things every athlete has in common, regardless of their sport. They've had to learn discipline and perseverance, how to push through pain, get past discouragement, learn to compete mentally and physically, and they've had to learn how to overcome their fears. I've always found it fascinating how many New Testament writers use athletic language to describe the Christian life. Hebrews 12 talks about the race we run and tells us how to run. It says we do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So today, if you're weary, fix your eyes on Jesus. Why don't you get daily encouragement for your walk with the Lord with Anchor Devotional? Just try it out. Visit GetAnchor.com.